0: Just as shocked and surprised as you guys are that I am releasing another episode um, so quickly. However, I am trying to commit to being more consistent with this podcasting thing. So here goes nothing. Um, Shout out to... Yo, Lemmy told me to stop editing my own shit. (laughs) So shout out to the greatest engineer ever, Mr. Lemmy Curry. Um shout out to the home team photos by Lex still the man that knows all my angles um shout out to our sponsors shout out to novelty um over in the Thornton Park District of downtown Orlando um shout out to the staff over at novelty every single last one of you guys um shout out to Justin you guys need to check them out I mean They had a brunch today on a Sunday. I had no idea that they did brunch now, but there's a brunch on Sundays, apparently. We have um, Bachata Wednesdays. We have ladies' nights on Thursdays where they give you a hookah and a bottle of champagne for $55. I mean, honestly, you can't beat that. I mean, I go to Palace and pay $50 for my hookah alone. So the fact that they throw in a bottle is, is good money with me. Uh, Also want to shout out um, Martian Noir by Naasia. Um, Use the discount code POSH10 in order to get um, some savings upon checkout. Um, Her website is martiannoir.shop and I will also include it in the um, episode description. Also want to shout out, of course, Destiny with Daydream Aesthetics. Um, If you guys are interested in getting a facial, if you guys need to get waxed, if you guys want to get your teeth whitened, you definitely want to check her out. Um, She's located over in Castleberry, but I do believe that she is moving the shop um, into... um, downtown orlando so that way it'll be a lot more convenient for everyone but you know check her out tell her that posh sent you um for the record it's really awkward sometimes trying to carry a conversation by yourself so a lot of times i do feel like podcasting but It's really weird for me to have to carry a conversation by myself Not having someone to like rebuttal Or someone to chime in and give you guys ad-libs in the background and shit So I'm working on getting comfortable with recording by myself Hopefully you guys will appreciate that shit Um, But without further ado Because I'm on a time crunch Because that's what happens when you have fucking kids Um, Let's get into the shits Um I told you guys that there was a lot going on. And I, I I thought that I I had a talk with 2020 and I told 2020 that it had to cut its shit out because we're in a new year and that, you know, it needed to sit down and not touch nothing. Um, but apparently that's not. <laughs> that is not the case. Let me tell you all something. It's very... It's very interesting. It's one of those things. It's a, it's, a, it's a lifetime experience to have kids because even when you think that life is good and life is great and things are going good for a change and, you know, finances are good and your house is good and your credit is good and there's a little bit of, you know, money in the bank and the kids are doing good in school, you kind of feel like a sense of like relief, like... <sighs> I can breathe. Life is good right now. No, you can always count on a kid to fuck that up. (laughs) Let me tell y'all what I've been going through. So February 19th, my baby, Alexa, turned 13 officially. And while I couldn't be prouder at... My kids and the people that they're becoming, the adults that they're becoming, I do have to say that it's also challenging. Um, and this particular episode, I guess, is just me just spewing out some more thoughts. Um and in in regards to parenting and and, you know, the things I figured out, the things I'm struggling with. And the goal really is to You know, there's a lot of single moms out there. Hopefully, you know, this resonates with someone and I can, you know, help them out. So back to Alexa. 13 years old, child. Literally just got here. Like literally 13. You were 12 literally like a month ago. And I don't know what the fuck went on, but there was this switch that went off in her head and she went into full flown like, wilding mode like I'm not listening to no one all of a sudden this child of mine I can't say is all of a sudden super opinionated because she always you know she always had her little words and shit like that which I probably should have corrected a long time ago um but it was just like a complete like switch went off all of a sudden it was just things like um not wanting to, like, clean her room, you know, when otherwise, like, literally at 12 years old, she was cleaning her room. She was keeping her room clean. I, As a matter of fact, she was, like, super clean. Like, she was like me, like, OCD with it, like, vacuuming her room every day, dusting and all this other stuff. And I don't know what it was about 13, but all of a sudden, the kid lost interest in cleaning her room. Everything's a fucking mess. It's dusty. Clothes are everywhere as if drawers and closets don't exist, it's the sudden fatigue which listen i know okay i'm a girl i understand puberty i understand going through those changes but it's like what the fuck just all of a sudden makes you say to yourself i don't care about the appearance of my room like i don't i i thrive in chaos <laughs> i don't i don't want organization and function in my space like it's just beyond me um Two hour baths are now a thing around here, not showers, baths, because clearly she's, you know, Queen Cleopatra or some shit, and she needs to take baths as opposed to showers. So now I find myself even um, either having to rush to shower myself to beat her so that I can shower with some warm water, or I have to wait an hour till after she's bathed so that I can take a shower with warm water, otherwise taking a cold shower, because that's how the fuck she's giving it up. Um, electronics have completely taken over her life Well I, at least I'll get to that part um, From cell phone Like 24-7 Like it's a deep dive into that phone Like her whole entire life It seems like is on that phone um, She likes ignoring my calls And my text messages now She she gets to me when she gets to me I'm pretty sure she has me on do not disturb I wouldn't put it past her um, It's the laziness. All of a sudden, you know, she doesn't want to go to school and why does she have to wake up so early and all these other things. It's the not wanting to sleep on a normal schedule anymore. She wants to stay up late at night because she swears that she's me. It's the going through my closet and trying on my clothes, which listen, I get it. I personally was not trying to wear my mom's clothes because if y'all know my mom, you had to know that, you know, not that my mom isn't fashion forward, but my mom is a married Christian woman. She's not out there showing off her body. Unlike other people I know. Um, So I never had the urge to try on my mother's clothes. But I sure as hell went through her makeup and my mom also had like a couple of furs and I, I put them on and, you know, a couple of her heels and shit like that. So I get that part. But the kid trying to sneak out with my clothes on is no bueno. So it's been it's been really interesting and also challenging um, seeing my daughter transition all of a sudden from being a preteen to being officially a teen. I think that something went off in her head and um, she thinks that she's a lot closer to 18, which of course is legally an adult. But as most of us know, you're, you're still very much a child. Like it's literally a, a number, that's it. Like most people don't have a whole lot of life experience at 18, at 21, even at 25, I find myself at 35, still very much dissecting and learning things. So, you know, but again, you learn that as you get older. So I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I'm just trying to paint a picture of you guys of the crazy shit that's been going on in my house ever since my daughter turned 13, washing her hair. My daughter has beautiful curls. She don't care about her beautiful curls. She thinks that they're ugly and she wants straight hair. She wants to dye her hair pink. I mean, it's a lot. And before y'all say anything, no, I don't live in the hood. I live in motherfucking Windermere with the white people. And I know that that also has an influence on her, which leads up to the following events. So... In the midst of her not cleaning her room, in the midst of her not washing clothes and doing her laundry, in the midst of her not wanting to go to bed on time, I caught her past up past her bedtime several times, which annoys me because I just feel like we're all grown here. You know, I shouldn't have to follow up and say, hey, what are you doing, especially at your big age, since you want to be treated like an adult, you should be acting like one, but that's... Wishful thinking, I suppose. So finally, it got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I ended up punishing this kid, took away all her shit, took away her phone, took away her iPad, took away her Nintendo Switch. I took the freaking wire, the cable wire from the back of her TV like she was grounded. Okay, why, you may ask? Well, for all of the above reasons, but... I'm tired of repeating myself like I literally should just record myself saying certain things and just playing it back whenever I have to as opposed to repeating myself because I literally sound like a broken record and I just feel like these are the things that our parents didn't really tell us or warn us about um, before they asked for grandbabies and personally I'm offended So I took away all her shit because she was up past her bedtime after me telling her to go to sleep for like the 15th time that night and probably about the thousandth time that month. So this is what the little fucker did. And this is how smart or at least want to be smart these kids are these days. So she goes to school the next day and she tells her counselor that I'm an abusive parent. I have anger issues. I've been to anger management classes, which I've done a lot of shit in life, but anger management classes isn't one of them. So I, I, that was, that was interesting to hear. Um, Apparently I'm physically abusive, although I've never put my hands on her up until that moment anyway, we'll get there. Um, Which reminds me, parents beat your kid's ass, do it anyways, like whether they deserve it or not. Just hit them. Just preventative. Just a, if you act up, if you even cut the fuck up right now, I'm going to smack the shit out of you and just pop right in the back of the head. You know why? Because when they get used to that form of discipline, it's going to be normal. It's like everything else. It becomes routine. It becomes normal. But when they're not used to that form of punishment, everything is amplified and is a lot more dramatic and is a lot more magnified than what it's supposed to be. So... This little girl went to school and told a bunch of lies on me, and it caused what they call the Department of Children and Families, which is DCF in Florida, Typhus in Jersey. It can probably vary from state to state. I don't know what the fuck y'all call that that agency in, in your state. But the bottom line is, next thing I know is I'm getting a knock on my door. And they're investigating all these abusive allegations that my child decided to go to school and make that day because I took away her electronics as a form of punishment. Um, sat down, spoke with the caseworker, honest moment, very fucking embarrassing to an extent. Um, I've been through this, unfortunately, several times, with my son's father where whenever he doesn't like anything or if we were going through a custody battle and he was trying to build a case against me, he would just randomly call and make um, allegations, which they are obligated to investigate because if they don't, if something happens to that kid, they failed. Um, but it was just something that caught me off guard. Um, I expected it, like I said, when I was going um, through it with my son's father, I wasn't necessarily expecting that kind of behavior from my daughter, especially considering that me and her never had that kind of relationship. Um, But whatever, dealt with it. But I can tell you what, she was definitely in trouble (laughs) when she got home from school. Now, she gets home from school I asked her how was school that day, and she said, eh, it was all right. It was actually quite a boring day, which I found real interesting because there was nothing boring about what you did today. So I said to her, is there anything you want to tell me? (laughs) She says, well, I prefer not to. And I said, well, that sucks because we're definitely going to have to talk about it. And I asked her to step into my room so that me and her can have a private conversation where her brother can't hear what we're talking about because he was home. And let me tell y'all, this is how I know I've grown as a person. Um, when I had my son, I was 18. I got pregnant when I was 17. I had him when I was 18, had Jada when I was 19. I was a baby trying to act like an adult. And um, I didn't have a whole lot of patience for my son. I can I can look back and and admit that and acknowledge the fact that I was very quick with my hands when it came to my son I was very impatient um I used to forget that he was a baby and that you have to teach him you know and because I acknowledged the fact that I wasn't the most patient person back then um I've taken a different approach when it came to my daughter for so many reasons and I'll get into that as well um When I was growing up, my parents are married 35, gonna be 36 years in another shit, another week or so. I grew up with two parents under the same roof who are still, thank God, married. Um, Great example that those two have set for us. But you gotta put everything, you know, in perspective and in context. We're talking about two immigrant parents whose birthplace is the Dominican Republic they definitely whooping niggas ass out there I could (laughs) I could tell you that um because my grandfather was very strict with my mom um my mom ended up running away at the age of 13 and going through her sets of struggles um and then my dad he grew up in a very affluent family and He's, my my dad is an angel. I mean, I'm sure he probably got his ass whooped along the way, but my dad is a very, like, a very, he's not like that. Like, my dad is not the type of dude that, you know what I'm saying, is very confrontational and stuff like that. Like, my dad is not like that. So I don't really, I can't really speak to him getting his ass whooped because obviously I wasn't around, but he don't seem like the type to really have gotten his ass whooped a whole lot. I really got to fact check that. Point is, um, you know, they move, From Dominican Republic, settle into Jersey. They have me. Um, Where we grew up at, it wasn't the best of circumstances, not inside of the house, but outside, just my environment, my surroundings. So they were very strict. Not only were they very strict because of my surroundings, but for the most obvious reason is that I'm a girl. And there's always that feeling of you need to protect your girl more than you have to protect your boy. Um, Not only that, my parents are devout Christians. Um, so our faith being Baptist, you know, it it was Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night church. Um, me being 13 and looking back and being 13 years at being 13 years old, 14 years old. um, I was in middle school and my grades never suffered. I was always somebody that knew that, that I had to do good in school. And the one thing that I can honestly say was my temper. I was I was fucking nuts. Like, my anger, for whatever, I don't even know. I mean, I guess I could say I know where I get it from. But I had to fight growing up. I had to fight all the fucking time growing up because just because I wasn't necessarily an angry person doesn't mean that the bitch next to me wasn't going through it at home. And all that shit that they were internalizing, they would in turn go to school and take it out on everyone else, behavioral issues. So I had a lot of fighting that I had to do growing up. And my parents being very strict with me, like I was not... (sighs) I was not even allowed on my front porch without asking permission. That's how strict my parents were. I had to ask permission to sit on our house steps, let alone to go outside of the fence um, and, and on the sidewalk and go play with you know, other kids in the neighborhood. So, growing up, having that kind of structure, I understand why they did it. Um, Also, at 13 years old, I had a job. That was as good as it got as far as me hanging out outside of my house. I was not allowed to hang out at all, like... I could, I could, you know, interact with my cousins and stuff like that. Like my mom would take me to their house. My mom would have me visit my grandparents. But all that sleepover shit, that was a dub. All that, oh, I'm gonna go to their house for a few hours, nah, no, that was a dub. My parents were very, very overprotective of me. So in turn, when I hit 16, 17 years old, which is when I thought I was gonna have to check my daughter, I thought I had some time here. You know, I completely bugged out. I wowed out. I wanted to know why I was being so, you know, overprotected. I wanted to know what was out there. What are you shielding me from? What are you protecting me from? I wanted to know what that life was like. And I I ran away. I met my son's father, my, my, my kid's father, because his son my, and my daughter, um, Jada's dad. And, you know, I got pregnant and the rest is history. I say all of that to say that, you know, looking back... At what I was doing, I know that I was growing up in a very strict household, and that's what made me rebel. So when it came to my kids, you know, even though I didn't have as much patience maybe with Junior as a, as he was a baby, but as he got older, as Alexa has gotten um, older, and even when she was a baby, I can honestly say that she was a good kid. I never really found myself having to, you know, discipline her by hitting her. She's the type of kid. She's a Pisces. Fucking water signs, bro. Y'all niggas is so emotional. It's exhausting, really. But she's the type of kid that if I even raise my voice, she's going to bust out crying and say she's sorry and she's never going to do it again. So I never had to, you know, put my hands on her like that. You know, like it was one of those things like where raising my voice works. So... I would always try to talk to my kids because when I look back and I think about why I just took off and did what I did, it was because I felt, I, I felt overwhelmed by the overprotection. Like it was just too much and I wanted to go experience things for myself. But I also was the type of person to ask why. And that's very interesting, right? Because growing up, Again, being Hispanic, probably, um, you know, other races can also relate. You weren't really, you weren't really raised to question things. It was because I said so, you know, and that was always the answer because I said so. But why? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Because I said so. Okay, why do you want me to do this? Or why do I have to do that? Because I said so. And it got to the point where the more I heard because I said so, It made me want to find out for myself because I wasn't getting the answer that I was necessarily looking for. Not that I had any business per se, but still that was my spirit. So I've taken on the approach when it came to my to my kids to try to explain to them the why. Now, granted, they're not always going to understand. And then ultimately is because I said so. But I still try to give them enough of a of a conversation to try to help them understand why I'm asking them not to do something or why I'm asking them to do something. I want them to understand the, act, the, the, the reasoning behind the actions because I feel like if I can maybe explain it to them, that will make them think on their own and be like alright, cool, I don't want to do it because this that, the third is going to happen as opposed to well because she said so but I still want to know why. Um so those are moments of self-reflection that I've had to myself. Like, when is it? when does it become from going too strict to being too lenient? You know, there has to be, you know, there, there's a fine line and there has to definitely be some balance there. And I feel like, you know, maybe I fucked up and maybe I, I was being a little bit too lenient, you know, because it's gotten to a point now where, you know, she talks back, she raises her voice. I'm, I'm having real Dr. Phil moments in my house. And quite honestly, I don't fucking like it. So um, back to my story. So we have this conversation, her and I, and it was about an hour long and there was really a whole lot of back and forth. There wasn't a whole lot of um, of her listening. It was more like, you know, I would say something, she'd rebuttal. I would say something, she'd talk over me and interrupt me. It was a whole lot of fucking disrespect. So when everything was said and done, I whooped her ass. What belt because I'm not someone who really believes in Corporal punishment, unless you absolutely have to. And and that's the reason why I said, whoop your ass, whoop their kid's ass preventatively. Why? Because it will become the norm, because this is what happens next. So I hit my daughter with a belt. It didn't go very well, by the way. Um, (laughs) Several things. For starters, I didn't realize my daughter was that motherfucking strong, man. Like my daughter... Shit, me, she fucking grabbed the belt, tried to fucking wrestle the belt out my hand. This kid tried to fucking kick me, and I was like, you kick me, and girl, damn this belt. Like, like, I was like, this is insane right now. What is happening? My sweet little girl hits 13, and all of a sudden she feels like she knows everything, and she's right, and I'm wrong. Ain't that about a bitch. So, um remember I told you guys I already had taken her electronics well after this ass whooping I was hoping to be one and done with her right like the same thing that happened with my son and it didn't she ended up sneaking her phone out of my room texting her best friend on some dramatic shit like oh my god I got my ass whooped I need your help please come get me Of course, her friend is 13 years old. That little girl ain't going nowhere. She tried to tell her mom, like, mom, you know, Lex texts me and she needs our help. And her mom, Spanish mom, she fucking knew better. She minded her motherfucking business. She was like, listen, we don't know what the hell's going on over there. You don't know what she did to get her ass whooped. So we're not getting involved. If she doesn't, you know, go to school, the school will get involved, but we're not getting involved. But nonetheless, after about an hour or two after that incident, I get um, I get five o at my door doing a wellness check. So, for those of you who are not aware, in the state of Florida, you can whoop your kids ass legally, as long as you don't kill these fuckers and as long as they don't need emergency medical attention, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and they told her that you know they said, hey, I suggest you start listening to your mom because she is legally allowed to punish you by way of corporal punishment, is what they call it. Um, By way of corporal punishment. So I suggest that you straighten up and you listen to her. And that was it, and that was all. So I thought, no. My daughter decides that, oh, now I really got her. (laughs) Went back to school and told the counselor, you see, you see? I told you she was abusive. Look what she did to me. And now DCF gets another call. And they're back at my, my house. And this time they're telling me they got to take her. Now hear me out. Any other time I'm against that shit. But when you got a little fucking teenager in your house that thinks that she knows it all and that she knows more than you and that she's going to show you something... I'm a firm believer in putting your foot on that motherfucking neck and not moving. So as far as I'm concerned, we got it pretty good. Got it pretty good. I've always wanted to live on this side of town. I busted my ass and I did it. I wanted to have a nice car. I bust my ass and I did it. And I got it. You know, my kids, I remember my first vacation was at the age of 14 my kids have been traveling since they were kids, since they were babies, because they're still kids, but since they were babies. So, in my book, it's like, mm, you don't really got it that hard. And on top of that, all that's pretty much happened to you up until this point is you're not listening. So, you got punished, and now you're being a brat, and you got your ass whooped, and now you're being a brat. And while I don't necessarily want to see her go away permanently, I also felt like it was a good idea for her to go see what the real world was like. Because that's the thing, right? I started thinking about this. There's been a lot of thinking that's been going on around here. And also, I started to see the lady. Shout out to Pranel, (laughs) who has to deal with me and my shit on a weekly basis. Um, You know, just trying to help me break down and make sense of what's going on here. You know, it dawned on me. When I was growing up, we was outside, and what I mean by that is, um, there's some real old head shit. Like we had to be outside to interact with kids, to interact with each other, to engage with each other. You know, that's how you learned. You you came up with things. You, you know, you you um, you had ideas, you executed them. You know what I'm saying? And you learn from experience. And then you have, you know, the old heads who are around and they kind of try to put you on game and tell you how to do things. And that's how you learn. That's how information was passed. I I grew up on the Dewey Decimal System. Old as shit, I know. Um, I grew up on AOL, this that came with 100 free hours of internet on dial up. And that was our access to the internet and to the world. Kids these days is very fucking interesting because I'm not that old. Again, I'm 35, proudly. Um, it's different and it's crazy to fucking see that shit because, again, I grew up, you know, in that era. Kids these days are very antisocial. You leave it up to a fucking kid, that kid don't want to be outside. I be kicking my kids out all the time and they're they're back in 20 minutes flat. It's too hot outside. We're sweating. Like they're going to melt or some shit. You know what I mean? Like as opposed to me growing up, I was... I would beg to go outside. Please, can I sit on the porch? Please, can I play on the fucking sidewalk? I'll be back before the lights come on, you know, like that kind of shit. I was not allowed off the block. If my parents couldn't look down the street and see me, that shit was a problem. Kids these days, you got to force them to interact with other kids. You got to force them to go outside and play. You got to force them to, you know, want to do something after school, like an after school activity, something extracurricular. These kids these days, if you leave it up to them, them niggas is going to be in their room on the internet until they pass out, until their body can't physically stay up anymore and them go to sleep. So it's very interesting um, to see what happens during those circumstances, because this is what I've came up with so far. I feel like kids these days are very out of touch with reality and everyday life. Um, What I learned in therapy, there's a term for that. It's called cognitive distortion. And that's when you don't have the ability of seeing things for what they are. You see them distorted. So when a child spends all this time online, they get a very different perception of what reality is. See, my daughter's 13, and she she feels like she has it figured out. She swears she knows it all because she feels like all I have to do is Google it. So you have your the internet on at your fingertips. All you gotta do is Google it, and bow, you got an answer. So she thinks that she's smarter than me because she has the internet. Not realizing that I've gone through real life experiences, and there's no way in hell you know more than me. It's just impossible. So, what we may define as abuse—whether it be physical, mental, um, verbal, emotional abuse—is a very different definition than what a thirteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old, fifteen-year-old, a teenager is—a very different. Um definition that they're gonna have, for example, me telling my daughter um, let me try to think of an example here um for example i um I gave her a chore to do. she completely fucked it up, and I said to her I was like Ugh. the, the sharpest tool in the shed or you're not the brightest crayon in the box or whatever it was and I explained to her the reason why I said that I said this is how you do it I explained this to you before I asked you to do it well in her mind I just called her stupid in my mind I called what the fuck you did stupid so two very different perceptions of what has occurred right um And that's pretty much where we're kind of at, where there's things that she sees um, that she feels are abusive. And me as a parent, I feel like that's fucking normal. So things like, for example, if I get frustrated and I raise my voice at her, never mind the fact that I'm fucking Dominican and I'm loud anyway. So the moment that she feels like I'm raising my voice at her, At that point, she feels like I'm being verbally abusive. It don't even matter what I'm saying. I'm not saying, hey, you stupid bitch, fuck you. No, I'm not saying none of that. It can be like, I told you to go take a shower. Do it right now. Oh my God, I'm fucking verbally abusive. It can be, uh, oh, you're not listening. Give me your iPad. You're on punishment. In her mind, in my mind, I just took away gaming shit. This is entertainment. Your phone is a phone that I fucking pay for, okay? Your iPad, I bought that shit for you. Your um, Wii, your Nintendo Switch, all that shit, that's gaming stuff. That's entertainment. In her mind, I just took away her coping mechanisms, right? So it's crazy to me how different her and I view things, Um. And it kind of scares me. I'm not going to lie to you. It kind of fucking scares me. Because while we weren't necessarily book smart, and I'm going to say that very loosely... Um, we had street smarts. We had some sort of fucking common sense, you know. The way that we grew up in the environments that we grew up in, you kind of develop the sixth sense to just feel when energy is off and when shit is off and when you need to get the fuck up out of there, or you know when you're in and when you're in danger. These kids don't know none of that shit. If it's not online, <laughs> these kids don't got it in them. And I have to say that as a parent, that's very fucking frightening because all I wanted was to give my kids better than what I had. And in turn, it's created another problem in itself. I don't know that I'm against drug dealing (laughs) anymore because these kids are on some shit i feel like i'd rather my kid be on the fucking block than for them to be online being a fucking geek nerd being taken advantage of by some other person on the other end of the internet just feeding them a bunch of bullshit like it's just it's 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 fucking crazy you know, it's fucking crazy. And I sit here and I talk to other parents and I, you know, I vent about what's going on and it's almost like they're going through the same shit. Their kid thinks that they're smarter than their parent. And I'm pretty sure I thought I could outsmart my parents to a degree, but not because I had the fucking internet. It was just because I, you know, I, I try to be clever and I came up with some shit. But, you know, I find... um You know, I just, I I find all of these different, different things that I never even thought about before just surfacing. And kids are under a lot of different stresses these days. I had no, I I, I think that I kind of forgot a little bit how difficult, you know, going out of elementary school into middle school, into high school, you know, those years, I I think I've, I kind of forget how difficult they are. And I feel like, because my parents were so strict, I guess there was just certain things I really didn't see. And they kept me real busy. That was one thing I'll give them. Like Monday through Friday was school. After school, I played the piano. After I was done playing the piano, and that was once a week, but I always made it a point after, I, I genuinely liked music. So after school, I would practice for an hour or two. I also had a part-time job. That was my parents' way of keeping me out of the streets. So... After I was done with practice and homework and working, I would come home, shower, and I would go to bed, you know? So I don't think that I necessarily took into consideration what a kid with idle time thinks about. Let me tell you guys what I fucking came to find out so far. Peer pressure is a real thing. You know, we live in an age, it's so crazy because we say peer pressure and we think about kids, but peer pressure is a real thing. Even amongst adults, we live in an age where we have Instagram, where we have Twitter, where we have Snapchat, where we have TikTok, where we have Facebook, where there's YouTube pretty sure there's other apps out there that I'm forgetting, other social media platforms. We, um, did I mention Twitter? I love Twitter. Um, we have all of these different platforms available to us these days. And the truth of the matter is nobody's posting the ugly. Nobody. Nobody is going on there talking about the terrible day that they had or the terrible week or the terrible experience that they had. Nobody is out there talking about, yo, I'm negative in my bank account or I'm broke after paying bills. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Nobody is on there talking about, you know, their experiences um, or their bad experiences and things that they're going through as a parent. Everybody goes on there and everybody fronts. That's when. Um, that's why when Jessica um, said in the last episode, like we're living in an age where everything is a lie, That's what she meant by that. Nobody's on there broadcasting the bad. Everybody's on there trying to broadcast the best of the best. Like their life is so fucking great. And those things are so far from the truth sometimes. So peer pressure is a real thing. And it's not just for kids. I feel like sometimes we fall victim of peer pressure amongst our own peers and trying to feel like, oh, so-and-so bought a house, where they bought a house at, oh, what their house looked like, oh shit, my shit looked better than theirs, or oh shit, their shit look better than mine, damn, I wonder how much it's going to cost to do this to my house and that to my house, because you're trying to compete and keep up with other people, you know, and ultimately, kids want to be accepted, like, kids want to be accepted, adults want to be accepted, everybody wants to be accepted, nobody really wants to be a fucking outcast, You know, people are loners and shit like that, but still, even at your core, you still want to have a feeling of inclusion and a feeling of acceptance. And that's the one thing I've came to realize. A lot of the shit that's going on from clothing, how she's, you know, looking into my closet now, trying to put outfits together and rock my heels and everything like that from her hairstyle, this child, she asked me for pink hair. And this, this little girl don't even like to wash her hair as it is. I'm not about to put pink dye into her hair and damage her hair any more than what it already is from her not taking care of it in its natural state. Kids um, these days are into anime. I don't know what the fuck anime is. I don't want to know. It looks like a cult to me. Because it's, it's just, I don't know, it's a lot going on. You know, at that age, you start, you know, um, you know, you start... Liking boys, like, start liking girls. You know, your sexuality comes into play. You're, you know, you're growing up, you're going through puberty, you know, your your period, hormones. Son, having a water sign child and it being a girl, somebody shoot me. Just make it quick and painless as possible because she is so, so... Dramatic. And there's times I feel so bad for her because there's times where she's genuinely like just crying. And I'm like, what happened? Like, why are you crying? Why are you so upset? Nothing. (laughs) Hormones. And I'm like, the fuck. And she'll go upstairs. She's like, you know, I'm just, I just, I, I feel like I need to lay down. And she'll wake up in the morning feeling totally refreshed and was like, whoo, I just needed to sleep. And while I can appreciate the mood. It's very confusing to see sometimes. (laughs) Like the the theatrics and the drama just because you needed a nap. Um, You know, and going back to the age of the internet, you know, these kids these days are under so much pressure, um, you know, to be a certain way in order to be accepted. And one of the things that I want to say and this is not to take any shots at any, um, at anybody or any community of people. Um, I definitely, I'm not somebody who even preaches about hate crime. Like I, I, that's, that's such a terrible fucking thing. And while I will say that it's refreshing to see progress, um, in the area of equality and um, when, when we're talking about sexual preferences and you know the LB, um, LBGT community, I don't even know you I'm might just call you guys the alphabet people because I'm sure that there's mad letters after that as well. Um, here's the thing. I'm conflicted because I grew up in a very traditional household, although I'm obviously not very traditional, but there's still certain things that are traditional about me, and I understand, you know, why certain things are tradition. I also will say that I don't necessarily agree with all the traditions, and that's why I I do appreciate the movements, um, you know, to progress us further as a people. However, however, as a parent, I struggle because... I'm not raising my child to hate anyone. Not because you're gay, not because you're black, not because you're Asian, not because you're anything. Hate is a really, really, really bad, negative, destructive energy and emotion. I don't operate from that space. I don't want my children to operate from that space. So that's something that I... Um, and teaching them here in my house. It starts at home. So I could understand there being a movement of inclusion, but I also feel like everything has its time and its place on when to properly introduce it. I say that because in having conversations with my son, in having conversations with my daughter, both of them, not one, but both of them have both struggled with identifying their sexual preference. Now, as far as I know, neither one of them are sexually active. And that was something I tried to explain to them. You know, I don't feel like that's a decision that you have to make right now. And that was a conversation I had with my son at 15. Uh, when he was 15, and that's now a conversation I'm repeating with my daughter at the age of 13. Because sexual preference is being introduced now in the school arena, it puts added pressure for a child to feel like they have to have that answer right now of what their sexual preference is, whether it's gay, straight, bi pansexual the other sexuals like all cover it all of it they feel like they have to have that figured out right now and I don't like it I don't like it if my child is going to be gay my child is going to be gay there's nothing I'm going to be able to do to change that and I will love and I will accept my child for who they are because they're still my child their sexual preference has no bearing on how I view them. What I do have an issue with is making my child feel like they're weird and like there's something wrong with them because they aren't gay. I struggle with that because I don't have any, any, any hate in my heart for any group of people, but I do feel like at what point now is it influenced? You know what I mean? Like at one point, is it not now even their decision, but a programming to make them feel and make them think like this is what they have to be if they want to be accepted in today's society. Those are real conversations that are being had in my house these days. Real conversations that are being had at my therapist appointment these days, amongst other things. Um, As I look back and I reflect, I think about the fact that there's a reason why there's two people that make a child. And I've said this on numerous different occasions. I can't be her dad, nor can I replace him. Her dad is her dad. That's not something I can, I can change, I can take away. That's, 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 that's what it is. And there's a reason why there should be two people in the household, if at all possible, if not, then there should be something there in place to co-parent. Because there's going to be times where you're not going to understand your child. But then that's when the other parent is kind of there to step in and intervene and, you know, bridge that gap. Unfortunately, in my household, one of the things I'll always be told is, oh, you're such a nigga. Well, I was the firstborn and I have three younger sisters. And I have a ton of guy cousins. So I, I learned the streets a lot faster than most. Not only that, me being a single mom and the head of household, it puts me in a position where I'm both the mom and the dad. It's very difficult to try to be feminine and girly all the time when you're also representing the masculine energy that's missing in the house. So it made me realize, let me tell you something, when she was wilding out, I fucking called her dad. And y'all know how I feel about that nigga. I didn't even know I had his number. And I brought him up from the grave and I said, listen, me and you have to have a conversation and me and you have to get to some sort of understanding because this is not about me and you. This is about our kid. And ultimately, I feel like she will benefit from having you around and I really need you to step up and be there. I've held it down for 13 years. I haven't bothered. I have no child support, no restrictions as far as when he can see his kid. I've done what I could. It's time for you to step up and to try to be there for her as much as you possibly can. And I know that it's a little bit weird right now because you don't have much of a relationship with her, but it's something that you need to build. Because my biggest fear is my daughter having daddy issues to the extent of her wanting to seek attention from other males because she's trying to fill the void of her not having her dad there. And it's made me really reflect on my relationship with her dad, my experience with her dad. And he's not a walk in the park at all. (laughs) There's nothing easy about dealing with her father. But at the same time, that was the decision that I made on who to have a baby with, which is why I believe in plan B now. Um, But also my experience with him as his girlfriend and as his fiance, that relationship is different. I went through some shit as his girl. She her relationship to him is that's her dad. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a parent-child um, relationship. So sometimes as much as I wanna fucking go in and be like, ah, but you don't know who your dad is because right now, you know, I'm the bad guy. So she leans more towards her dad because I'm the one disciplining. I'm the one carrying out punishments. I'm the one making her go to therapy. I'm the one making her go to sleep on time, you know? So right now she's on the, you know, like, oh, I can see why my daddy wanna be with you. <laughs> Um, you know, because in her eyes, I'm the bad guy, you know, and it's made me have to go back and kind of look at myself and look at, you know, just history, just my history, my life, my interactions, my experiences with him. And I find myself having to open up old wounds in order to properly heal them this time around. It, it's made me reflect on my relationship with my parents. And it's crazy because I know I'm always bragging on my dad. I'm such a daddy's girl, which I am. And I don't really talk a whole lot about my mom because my mom and I have a, um, we have a strange relationship. And it's made me have to go back and kind of dissect why. Because what I do know is I love my mom and I have so much respect for that lady. So much respect for her. My mom, let me tell y'all something. If my mom don't know how to do nothing else in life, that lady know how to get to a motherfucking bag. My mom was born and raised in Dominican Republic in Villa didn't even have floors. Her mom, my grandmother, leaves her to come to America to get citizenship in search of a better life because they were poor. And I'm not talking about, you know, Poor, like, yeah, they were on fucking food stamps and shit, poor. I'm talking about it's Dominican Republic. They don't even have that kind of assistance. You either got money or you don't. Growing up back then, there was no middle class. So I have so much respect for my mom, but there's still things that we and her, unfortunately, we don't see eye to eye in. And what I do know is I do want a better relationship with my mom. And I also don't want to have the strange relationship that I have with my daughter now. Um, Alexa's my baby. I already buried my daughter, you know, or at least one of them, you know? So going through, you know, these, these changes has really been straining for me Mentally, emotionally, and ultimately physically. Because when I get stressed out mentally, I shut down. I immediately, I want to sleep. That's the way that my body deals with stress. I sleep. Um, so thank you for those that have been hitting me up and wondering where the fuck i be at half the time. I'm asleep. I'm recovering from all the bullshit that's going on in my house. Um, so we go to therapy now, her and I not together, individually. I do want to give her her space where she can express herself. And then I also feel like it's also um, beneficial for me to have some space for her that I can express myself and not keep hurting this little girl's feelings. Um, but at one point, um, our therapist thought it was a good idea to put us both in the same room. And um, he wanted us to be able to express things to each other. Right. And um, she basically feels like she's right and I'm wrong, which is fine. It's understandable or whatever. But I got a chance to get some things off of my chest, too. And let me tell you all something: Betrayal ain't even the fucking word. As far as like what I felt when my child thought that she was in better hands going through DCF than being home with her mom and her brother, like that shit completely fucking blew me. And, um, the one thing that I will say, like I, like I said to her, you know, in front of her, bless his heart, um, you know, the one thing I said to her in front of a therapist is, you know what I think this is? And I, and, and what this all comes down to, I feel like this comes down to a battle of the wills, you know, it's like, she wants to prove a point to me so bad, like she's right and I'm wrong. She wants to prove that point so bad that she's willing to go through whatever lens it takes, even if that meant removing her, which by the way, they came over here to try to remove her and then didn't take her. And I'm just offended because how dare they make me keep my kid. But she really thought that she was going to be in better hands outside in the world that she doesn't know because she has this false sense of reality in her head. And I'm sitting here trying to explain to her that life simply doesn't work this way. So I'm I'm trying to explain these things to her in front of the therapist. And I said to her, I said, you know what this feels like? I was like, this feels like, it's like almost like she whipped her dick out and she's placed it on the table. And she's trying to show me that she got a big dick. Like she's trying to show me like, I'm going to take this to whatever extent I need to to prove to you that I'm right and you're wrong. That your parenting style is not right. Because I even asked her, I said, what do you think I should do? You should talk to me. Okay, well, I talk to you. You don't listen. Well, Now what? Well, if I don't listen, then you can raise your voice. Okay, well, if I raise my voice and you don't listen, now what? And she's like, well, you should definitely not threaten me and put your hands on me. So I said to her, I said, you know, it just feels like you're whipping your dick out on the table. And you're trying to prove to me that you got a bigger dick than me. And that's going to suck for you because I definitely have a bigger dick than you. Hands down, for sure. Like, don't bring out that side of me that you're not prepared to deal with because you're not going to know what to do. And thank God for growth. Because, again, looking back and and reflecting, I don't want to be the 18-year-old mom. I don't want to be the 18 year old mom because even though my intentions were good and I love my children to death, everybody knows not to play with my fucking kids. I don't give a fuck. Don't play with my kid. But I wasn't the best parent because I lacked that experience. I lacked maturity. I lacked understanding. So there was a lot of things that I wish I can redo with my son. But in turn, it serves for experience. And now I'm able to be a better mom for her than I could have been for him because I've already have 17 years of experience into motherhood. So now I can extend a different type of grace to her because I've been there and I've done that. And I've seen what works and I've seen what doesn't. And I've learned to be more patient. I've learned to be more understanding. And the funniest thing about all of it is as strained as my relationship with my mother is, it's taught me grace because my mom wasn't perfect and she can only parent me and teach me from the level of understanding that she's reached as a parent. You can't give me something you don't have. You can't teach me something you don't know. And it's, it's funny how life comes full fucking circle. God damn it, I'm old. Life just has a crazy way of teaching us things. And it's crazy because sometimes I wish Jada was here. I mean, I wish Jada was here all the time, but it's times like this I wish that Jada was here so Jada can do the ass whooping and I can still be mom and have her check her as opposed to me checking her. And also having somebody there that you can speak to, that you can say, you know what? You know, you're right. I was wilding. Somebody to talk her off that ledge. Um, going through these type of experiences that I'm going through also teaches me the importance of the saying of it takes a village to raise a child. Because at 13 years old, I find my daughter not caring about what I have to say all of a sudden. And that's scary. And I It's taught me that my relationships with my sisters are so important because when I can't reach her, maybe my sisters can. Maybe my brothers can. Maybe my cousin can. You know, maybe um, her brothers or sisters can. It's crazy to me how how life just comes full circle like that, you know? And at this point, I'm getting sappy and shit, so I'm going to start trying to wrap this up. Um, pray for me, y'all pray for me. Cause my daughter's trying to kill me. Um, I got a whole bunch of gray hairs now. <laughs> um, I'm drinking daily and smoking. <laughs> I know that that's not healthy coping mechanisms, but yet here we are. Um, I have, I have the utmost confidence that I'm going to get this right. Just for the record. I don't think that my daughter's in any sort of immediate danger or anything like that. Um, Just dads, just 30 seconds of your time. You guys have no idea how important it is to be there for your daughters. It's so important to be there for your sons too, because there's just going to be things that as a mom, I'm not going to be able to teach her. It's your responsibility as her dad to get through to her, you know? And, um, just just be there. Who else is going to teach your daughters about how ain't shit niggas work if it's not going to be you? I mean, I can tell her about my experiences, but she's not really going to care at the moment, you know? Like, I know what I know because I had men in my life who really looked over me and made sure that I was okay, and still I struggled. And still I struggled. Um. If you guys, you know, just be there for your kids, man. Just be there for your fucking kids because at the end of the day, when everything is said and done, they're going to grow up to be adults and there's going to be a lot of accounting to do, you know, what you did do, what you didn't do. As much as I love to be out and about and the strip clubs and parties and stuff like that, you know, the stuff that you guys don't see on the daily is the waking up at 7 a.m., the making sure that she eats breakfast, the making sure that she's showered and dressed, the dropping her off to school, the picking her up, the talking to her about her day, the making sure the homework assignments are done, the weekend getaways just for me and her, just to have me and her time and for me to be able to just try to talk to her and instill some things in her. You know, all of those things are so important. It may not look like they mean much now, but those are some of the best memories I have. Me sitting on the porch, talking to my dad, the porch I wasn't allowed to leave, but he joined me out there and he would talked to me. <laughs> and those are the things that I look back and I'm like, you know, this is why I was such a daddy's girl because he would take the time out to just be there for me. And that's so, so important. You do not want your daughter to be looking for these answers in other men. That's such a terrible fucking road to go down. Trust me, you don't want to go there. I haven't experienced it, but I've seen so many other girls and peers of mine go down that road. This is this is just me pouring out some shit on parenting, the stuff that they don't tell us about. Um, thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in. Um, I really appreciate it. If you find any value in this episode, tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe to the Posh Sessions podcast. Not only subscribe, but rate it. Rate it a five. Leave a nice comment if you want, you know, share my episodes. I'm available on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud. So, yeah, until the next time, peace.